This is Defender Radio. Defender Radio is brought to you by Gates Wildlife Control and the Association for the Protection of Fur-Bearing Animals. It's the week of August 18 and this is Michael Howie welcoming you to episode 144 of Defender Radio. In recent weeks you've seen us on the news, read about us in newspapers, and heard us on the radio talking about beavers and trapping in Calgary. Now, we're bringing the story back to the woman who started it. In mid-July, Linda Lalonde and her husband were walking in a park when they came across a beaver, later discovered to be caught in an allegedly humane conibear trap. The trauma of the event shook Linda and the entire animal-loving community of Calgary. With her compassion and perseverance, the issue became a major talking point in the city. APFA got involved, offering our assistance in building and installing flow devices so that the beaver trapping in the city could end. We caught up with Linda last week and are now bringing you her own account of the incident, what has happened since that fateful day, and where she hopes to see the City of Calgary's beaver management program end. So why don't we we'll start off a little bit about you, uh, you and your husband, you live in Calgary, um, and I, I guess you're in the Fish Creek Park area. Uh, just tell me a bit about um, the two of you. You like to go out and walk around. Uh, are you nature lovers? Absolutely, yep. And my husband, one of his uh, big hobbies is photography. So he brings his camera every time we go for a walk, which is every day, to Fish Creek Park because we live so close. We live like three minutes away um, to drive. And, and we're lucky to have that because it's such a beautiful area. It's such a beautiful park. And, I mean, it's so full of, like, the nature aspect of it, the, the plants, the trees, the flowers, and then the animals that we see when we're there. And he brings his camera every every single time, takes pictures. We've seen gorgeous, uh, when the owls are nesting in May, and we've taken pictures of the babies and so many uh, the deer that we see in the evening that comes out, the coyotes, the blue heron, pelicans, the beaver, so many different kinds of animals, and he's constantly photographing. And it's just beautiful. It's beautiful to have that and to enjoy nature. So, I mean, we love that. We uh, we do that every night. And I ride a bike, so I'm riding my bike at Fish Creek. I, I usually take the same routes because I like the routes that I take, and that, that's when I can see all the nature on those paths. And, and I enjoy it. So we like to spend time outside and just enjoy what nature gives us. And then this park is just, it's a gift to live so close and to have a provincial park with all these beautiful animals in it, to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's go to the day. Uh, this was yep. in July, I believe. Yes, it was. Um, it was July 22nd. A day you're probably never going to forget, unfortunately. I will never forget that day. You're right. Um, so let's uh, let's walk through what happened that day. Okay. You, you were out for your daily walk. Yep. We take. We also have a dog. So we, uh, and that day I, I said to my husband, you know, I'm feeling kind of tired. I, uh, I just want to go for a short walk. So let's just head to Burnsmead. And Burnsmead is an area in Fish Creek where there's a lot of uh, ponds that they have. They've got man-made ponds that they, they put up there when they were doing some construction. 
and to attract, you know, like ducks and heron and, and different kinds of animals there. It, and it's it's a shorter walk. So I said, you know, let's just take Burnsmead because I don't really want to take a long walk. And as we're walking on our normal path, uh, there is a spot, uh, kind of a lookout point, where we always stop there. And I always look out into the canal because I know there's a beaver's lodge there. And we have seen him so many times just swimming through the, the channel of water. And I looked up and I said, I don't see him. And you know, my husband said, well, you know, maybe he's uh, in the lodge, maybe he's doing something. And we just start walking down. And then we approached like we were going downhill a bit. And that's when I looked into the ditch, the grassy ditch, and I saw the beaver lying there. And I was so shocked. And I said to my husband, oh, my God, there's the beaver. And um, I, and I said, you know, he's struggling and he's flapping his tail. Something's wrong. And then moments later, <clears throat> pardon me, a jogger who was traveling in the opposite direction from where we came, he saw that we were standing there. We were kind of horrified. We didn't know what was going on. And he looked and he said, what's, what's wrong? And I said, there's a beaver stuck. Like it looks like he's tangled on something or something's wrong. And so the jogger went down the hill, which is, was just a few steps from the bike path and then he turned around and the look of horror on his face that I have never seen before and he said there's blood everywhere and he said it's he's chewing off his foot he's caught in a trap Um, and I was so horrified I was just absolutely and I was scared because I thought oh my god that poor animal there was people gathering there was children on bikes there was people walking their dogs and people walking by and people started gathering and I just said to this fellow, you know, we need to call someone because this is wrong. He's trapped and, uh, and we, we just we have to phone someone and tell them what's happened. So we finished our walk. Like we hurried back, got in the car and drove over to like the visitor center of Fish Creek Park. And there was a couple of phone numbers posted on. They, they've got bulletin boards that announces what the park is going to be doing and friends of Fish Creek and uh, I found two phone numbers. I called Fish Creek Park, and then I called the Friends of Fish Creek and uh, just reported, you know, what I saw. And, you know, at that point, I became so upset by what I saw that I was starting to cry and just getting emotional, and I could hardly even finish, you know, what I was saying because I was so upset by what I saw. And, And for hours, for hours, that vision in my mind... What, when I got home and making phone calls to the Humane Society and anyone who I could think of to report this, and I was just, I was crying so hard that I was, I could hardly even concentrate by the end of the night, you know, just to report the incident. So that, that's basically, in a nutshell, what happened that night. And, and then I also got on my computer, and I said to these people when I was on the phone, I said, you need to get someone out there because a beaver is trapped chewing his leg off and uh, you can't let this happen and I said I'm calling the news or I'm contacting the news and I'm reporting this because this is animal cruelty and this can't happen and someone needs to deal with this and help this animal immediately. And uh, do you know what happened to the beaver following your phone calls and everything? Do I know what happened to the beaver? Uh, Well I was told, I I got a a call that night from um, Fish and Wildlife 
And they, uh, an officer assured me that he was going to be going to the site and taking care of the beaver in a humane way. And, uh, yeah, so that, you know, there wouldn't be more people gathering and, uh, you know, getting shocked and horrified by what they saw. But apparently, um, the, the beaver did break loose. Either he chew his leg off or snapped his leg off any way he could to, to escape. And a couple days later, when we were walking in another area of Fish Creek Park, we ran into this jogger. And he said when he had ran back, and we see him all the time. You know, the same people frequent the, the same areas all the time because we love that area. And so when we saw him in this other area called Hull's Wood, we stopped again and we were talking. He said on his return run, he checked to see if the beaver was still there and he said it was gone. And that was 45 minutes from after the time when we spotted it, which was around 8 o'clock or so that night. Since that's happened, you, you've spoken with the media and the city has issued a response um, and we, we had invited all of our members and supporters in Calgary and abroad to contact the city. And this is the same response that everybody got. And they explained reasonably that they were concerned about infrastructure damage, which is always a concern for municipalities, and that the trap that was placed was humane and that this was just a glitch in the system. How did you feel when you first heard that? I was mad. You know, humane, I looked up the meaning of humane. Characterized by tenderness, compassion, and sympathy for people and animals, especially for the suffering or distressed. There was no humane way. A trap isn't humane. You know, whether it's a leg trap, uh, a conibear trap, whatever trap that they're claiming on using, they're always using and they're always saying that they need to protect the infrastructure for the safety of the people. But when we had the flood last year, there was so much damage to Fish Creek Park and areas, naturally, of Calgary and surrounding areas. Um, that specific area where the beaver has built its lodge and by the, the culvert was already blocked by debris from the flood that was never removed. So, you know, they're not even taking the responsibility to if they're in charge of waterway systems, making sure that they're clear and there's water flowing at all times to prevent flooding. They're not even doing that. It's to me, it was just an excuse. And, uh, you know, it's irresponsible how they uh, put the trap there in the first place. Um, When we saw the beaver in the ditch, there was obviously a trap placed in a grassy ditch. There was absolutely no signs, no warning signs to say, danger, keep out, do not enter, no barricades put in place. There was nothing there to protect other animals or people to say, you know, don't enter this area. This is, uh, uh, there's a serious incident going on here. No one would even know. No one could know. And there was a small sign put up maybe, uh, around 50 feet away from where the beaver was lying. And um, it just said that there was uh, a beaver control, stay on path, keep pets on leash. And it was just like taped up on this other kind of sign or posted on. You could only see it because it was facing in one direction. You could only see it from the one way. 
So if you were came if you came in from the opposite direction, you wouldn't even know the sign was there. So you know they they just kind of sidestep what the real issue is. You know, and and, uh, and it just it makes me mad. It makes me furious that uh, the, the kind of excuses that they give. It's, it's just it's it's irresponsible on their behalf. And and they hired a uh, a, a contractor to set up the trap. So it's just wrong. The whole thing is wrong. Traps should be they shouldn't even be used. You know, it's animal cruelty and it's absolutely disgusting. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. You're listening to Defender Radio. I am Brad Gates, owner of Gates Wildlife Control. Do you have raccoons or squirrels living in your attic? Did you know that the hole in your roof is letting water in? Your insulation is being ruined and they could be chewing on your electrical wiring? Protect your biggest investment. We will come to your house and provide you with a no-obligation free estimate. Please visit our website at gateswildlifecontrol.com or dial 416-750-9453. After a night out with your friends, there are always options for getting home safely. You could call your BFF, take a cab, or maybe you'll grab the last bus. Now there's a smartphone app to help you choose your ride. Find out more at arrivealive.org. Have you ever heard a coyote sing? Did you know that coyotes are also called North America song dogs? They communicate through unique howls, yips, and barks. At Coyote Watch Canada, we're committed to fostering peaceful coexistence for communities and their wildlife neighbors by building compassionate wildlife communities one community at a time. Please visit us at coyotewatchcanada.com for more information and tips about this amazing Keystone species. Beaver dams help clean water, promote songbird diversity, encourage fish populations, and create better soil and a cleaner environment. Beavers are good for Canada, but will we be good to them? Find out more at furbearerdefenders.com and give a damn about beavers. This is Defender Radio. We're back with more from Linda Lalonde, the Calgary animal lover who found a beaver being tortured by an allegedly humane conibear trap. She joined us recently to recount the events and what has happened since. Now, prior to this incident, were you aware that trapping has been an issue in that area in the past? Never. Nope. I was not aware. I didn't even know that traps existed in the city. You know, I mean, it's 2014. It's not 1914. Or, you know what I mean? Like, those ways should have been abolished long, long ago. And I can't believe. I, I was so shocked to find out that it was a trap. And and to to come across that and hear an animal crying in excruciating pain and you can't do anything to help it because it's a wild animal. You know, for me, I mean, I can't approach an animal, probably anyone, you know, because of the aggression that that it starts building. They're, they're trapped. And they don't know that we're there trying to help them. You know what I mean? It's, it's just so... It, I was so upset and so disturbed by the use of traps. And, and to me, I mean, that is extreme animal cruelty to use that and to, 
you know, and they're saying, you know, it's one of the only ways that they have to use to to take care of or for animal control. There, There's other ways. They don't have to use traps. Now, one of the things I found interesting, I handled a bunch of our media calls in that area, um, and I normally don't do that. I get to sit behind the other side of the microphone like I am with you, uh, where I'm much more comfortable. Um, but I found that a lot of the reporters I spoke with were equally perplexed and even upset about what had happened. Was that the reaction you got as well from from the media and from people you knew who saw you on the news? Absolutely. Absolutely. When I met up with Trace and a guy and the... Uh, the uh, cameraman on the first day and we we parked our vehicles and then we had to walk down to the site because it was just a short walk from the parking lot and i was explaining everything to her how it happened and i you know i was still so shaken up by it and i hardly slept that night just from all of the upset and i could hear in her voice and see the reaction in her face you know, and, and just this, the sympathy that she gave me in the experience that I had, she was very upset by it. The cameraman was upset by it. The media or the um, the Facebook response when my husband put the pictures on Facebook and then the, the petition and everything going, just the support of everyone thinking how absolutely disgusting it is that the city of Calgary uses traps for animal control when it's not necessary and just huge, huge, huge support. So that's a really good feeling, knowing there are so many people that feel the same way that we do. Mm -hmm. And have you heard from any of the councillors or the mayor's office? Uh, I I did get uh, a response letter from the mayor's office. I got one letter. So then we responded back to his letter, but didn't get a second response. I'm sure his office is just inundated with letters and complaints and good. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to raise awareness on this uh, issue of animal cruelty and the city setting up traps um, to kill animals, to kill innocent animals when they should be protected in a provincial park. So uh, I did get one response from, from him. But, you know, it was kind of like a, just a generic letter. And um, he's basically saying that, um, I just have to find my response to him. Uh, he's saying, we will be meeting with the province of Alberta and the contractor to review all protocols and safety measures. Yeah, yeah it's the same one we got. So, you know, that's not saying what they're going to do. You know, that's just a generic response. Okay, you're meeting, but what's the plan of action? How How is this going to, you know, wh- what kind of measures are you going to take to put in place to stop this? But as well, one of the city councillors, she's taking it to council next month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Diane. Diane Foley Urquhart is taking it to council. And I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled. My intention was to to force this into the mayor's office because it is a city of Calgary uh, issue that with them putting the, the trap in place and it's being forced now to to look at and to be dealt with. And I, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled that it's happened like this. And I'm sure you heard about our offer to uh, to come in and build flow devices and train staff and do education. Um, we, with the exception of Diane, um, have not heard anything from the mayor or from council. Um, although we have heard a lot of response from citizens and the media. What was your reaction to that offer? To your offer? Mm-hmm. I thought, oh my God, wow, this is what I wanted. I, I was trying to find 
an organization that um, would stand behind me, an organization with the experience and the know-how, and I mean, with your your organization since 1944, you know, taking care of uh, situations um, to abolish the commercial fur trades, and and I didn't even know that uh, you were involved with banning the import of and sale of domestic dog and cat fur in Canada, which is disgusting. Um, but when I heard that you were coming on board to do this, that's exactly what I wanted. I needed someone to respond to say, yes, we are going to help. And I just, I feel, I just felt so relieved that an organization would be willing to stand behind this and, and to help me push this forward, because that's what I need. And uh, what, what do you think of the lack of response from the city on this offer of ours? I think they're kind of lazy, you know, and I know there's a lot of issues in Calgary that they need to take care of. And, you know, and I think things take time to deal with. Um, I can't believe they haven't responded to your office. Like, that kind of shocks me. But again, I think maybe because they've been so overwhelmed, maybe, by the response on this, which I wanted, which I'm glad, you know, if that's happened, then I'm I'm absolutely ecstatic about that. But they need to have um, their people in their office to respond to organizations like yours. And to, to the, they're probably answering a lot of people's letters, I imagine. Um, and I found, like, when this first happened, there was overwhelming response. And then it kind of slowed down a bit, and then all of a sudden, boom, it took off. And then that's when I gave the follow-up interview with Tracy, and it seemed to, um, you know, get the push kind of that it needed. So maybe it's just kind of, um, not that they put it on the back burner, but it, it takes time to, you know, put things in place. And, and probably their their action plan and what they're planning on doing, and maybe they're doing their research and haven't heard back from the provincial government. You know, I can't really say uh, what's going on exactly with their office. But it, I found with me, um, it, it did slow down for a week or so. And then the attention, you know, started losing effect. But then it, it uh, came back up again when it was on the news again. It, it seems whenever it's on the news, it explodes. And then it kind of quiets down because other things happen to take people's mind off. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, uh, that's the way the news works generally is uh, yep. what's a hot issue today. And then there's a new hot issue tomorrow, unfortunately. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. This yeah. is a case where there is a solution available. So we're hoping that the city will, uh, and again... Yeah, for our first time out, we want to do this. Uh, we're going to take on the cost ourselves. and um, Yeah, I know, which is unbelievable. I mean, that's just fantastic that, that a company is so willing to do that. I, I just feel so happy by that. Well, and uh, you, you may also be interested to know a lot of times when we do this kind of work, we're at first pushed away, we're pushed away. And then when we get in and build a flow device and show staff at the municipality or a landowner how it works, and they'll watch it for a year or two and say, holy crap, it works. Yeah. And there are municipalities where flow devices are now a prominent part of their wildlife management program. Um, but it's it's all about getting your foot in the door. So they'll they'll talk with us, let us give it a try. And I think one of the quotes I gave is, what do they have to lose, really? Yeah, there is nothing to lose. And, you know, you're helping and, like, uh, you're wanting animals to, to coexist, to create opportunities to coexist with urban wildlife. And that's, and you know, we have this park where 
to them, that's their home. That's their natural habitat. But we keep encroaching on these, on their natural habitats, and we keep building and building farther out and farther out and farther out and driving animals away. And, and we need to find ways to coexist with the animals because they're here too. And, you know, uh, trapping them, killing them, pushing them out, it, it's just wrong. Pretty soon there's not going to be any animals left in, in the parks. It's just going to be a park with trees and shrubs and flowers. But the animals are going to be gone because they've been pushed away. I mean, and that's what they're going to do. Isn't that natural for them? to find an area to go to that's going to be safe for them where they don't have to worry about uh, uh, humans and and the effect that it has on their environment. And it's tough to say sometimes. Uh, in some situations, beavers will keep coming back because the, dis- the, the location is otherwise ideal for them. And that's when you'll find out that um, we, we were in one municipality in northern Ontario and they had been trapping beavers in this one spot for something like 20 years. And it's every year they have to go out and either knock down a lodge or a dam or trap the beavers. And we spent one day there putting two float devices and it'll last a decade. Yeah. You know? You know, and if you're offering to do that for free, like, why wouldn't the city say that is absolutely the best possible solution for this? Why don't they just jump on that and say, yes, we're going to work with you? That's what I don't understand. Mm. You know, it's politics. You know, offering to do it for free, and and what what's what's the holdup, really? You know, like I don't know what what their plan is because they haven't announced it. You know, and then the response to me was, "Oh yeah, we're contacting the provincial government." But what are you going to do? Well, it's funny. Um, the province is responsible by law, or at least by the way the system is structured for handling wildlife issues. However provincial bodies have been cut back so much that they aren't able to respond anymore. And then municipalities sort of get the the responsibility downloaded onto them. And they're not equipped to handle those. They don't have the staff. They don't have the experience. They don't have the training. And uh, that's when you get into some of these situations is all of a sudden they're being held the bag for, uh, they're being stuck with the bag for something they don't understand or they're not capable of doing. And uh, bad things happen. It's wrong. You know, and I got, uh, when I sent, uh, or I, I phoned the um, Friends of Fish Creek, there was nothing on their site about uh, the protection of animals or, or what their, their uh, um, not a lot of write-up on, on what their society was about. But since this story was on the news, they've put up a huge uh, beaver management plan on their site, which I was really surprised about because it wasn't there before. But then they they wrote up a big thing about the benefits of the beaver and and the importance of keeping the beavers in the park. So, you know, I, sometimes people need to be reminded that we care. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, now, uh, my last question for you for this interview is: uh, you are going to be addressing supporters of ours from coast to coast and all around the world uh, with with this uh, conversation we're having. What do you want to say to them? about the situation you've been involved in? Um, we need to, my, my message is that we need to bring awareness on animal cruelty and the trapping of innocent animals and that it's wrong. Um, I reacted to an animal in distress. It was just a natural reaction that I have because I, I care about the animals, I love the animals. I, I have 
said to my husband and to my my mom and my family for many many years the animals are my children and i feel that way they because i have i get such pleasure when i see an animal uh living in its natural like a wild animal any animal it it brings me such pleasure and such joy to see that and to be able to share in uh, uh watching them them just go about their daily life trapping is so wrong and animal cruelty is a crime and it absolutely has to stop and people need to get involved if you care about what happens to the animals if you care about uh, you know uh, the effect that all of this has on the environment and and in keeping keeping the balance between humans and animals and and living in a, a coexisting Uh, environment we, we need to people need to be aware of what's happening and they need to react to it hopefully if they care enough about it and to do something about it you know i and i was never involved in anything like this ever before seeing stories on the news you know reading things in newspaper coming across things you know you, you see pictures of it but it you never really see the importance until you see it and you feel it i i felt the pain of that beaver suffering so bad and i was so distraught that evening and i hardly slept and i cried for hours just feeling the pain and the suffering from what the, the beaver was going through it just made me sick and uh, i i just want to raise awareness people need to know what's going on they need to bring this to the attention of their their aldermen their uh city council and you know hopefully when the city the city will do something to stop this and then i'm going to push it to the province and then i'm going to push it you know like provincially federally do whatever i'm not going to stop until hopefully i can try to make a difference on this Since this interview was recorded, APHA's wildlife conflict experts have been in communication with a member of Calgary City Council and Calgary City staff. We have high hopes that in the near future, APHA will be able to offer a presentation and potentially provide sample flow devices in Calgary. That's the show for this week, folks. I'd like to thank Brad Gates of Gates AAA Wildlife Control for his ongoing support of Defender Radio and Linda Lalonde for her tireless work to protect her city's wildlife. Until next time, this is Michael Howe reminding you to stay informed and stay strong.